0: everybody welcome to the first Pres church podcast at the end of this episode please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our youtube channel for the latest sunday messages we're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards jesus well good morning church every place that you are it's such a privilege to be given this time to the Lord. Listen, for, for us, as we prepare these, uh, these worship services, it's a privilege for us to come in and get ready and to hand these instruments of praise into the Lord's hands where we know that you are giving praise to the Lord where you are lighting those mysterious fires of worship. I was uh, reflecting with our elders on Monday night as we were talking and praying and, and uh, just saying, that you know, there's not a pastor in America, there's not a Christian leader in the world that's doing exactly what they want to do right now. Not a one, but within the constraints that we have. I am so proud of First Pres, our church, and what we are offering, and the way that we are glorifying God. And you're glorifying God right now as you open your scriptures. We're going to continue with the beautiful story looking at Genesis chapter 1. I want you to turn there with me. And as we open the word of God, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, we wouldn't have a chance of, of coming to any kind of understanding of the beginning of things, the creation of the world without the help of your Holy Spirit to illumine our minds and to open our hearts and, and to speak to us, Lord, your living word of grace and truth. So we pray that that's what you would do right now, that you, Holy Spirit, would come and open our hearts to receive your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. The church said, amen. Genesis one fourteen to 25. on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing which, which the water Creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. This is God's Word. We're grateful. A beautiful world. You know, I always think if if I was, uh, if I were put in in charge of creation, if it was up to me, I think there would have been about five different kinds of birds, you know. Six if I was feeling energetic. But, you know, how many birds do you need? I, I think, I mean, I would make a big one. I like the big one. I would make a little one. Be good. A colorful one, you know. Uh, I think we'd make one, uh, I'd make one that would eat the dead stuff, because that seems uh, necessary. And then maybe make one just to, and I'd say your job, your only job is to eat mosquitoes. That'd, that'd be, I think that's it. I think it's five birds, and for that completes the set, right? I mean, we got it. Birds. We're done. A study in 2016 by the American Museum of Natural History said there are at least, at least, 18,000 species of birds. 18,000. I mean, that is a lot of different kinds of birds. What about fish? How many fish do you need? A dozen, maybe? There are 20... No, 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 excuse me. There are 32,000... Species of fish, 32,000 that we know about. How about flowers? You like flowers? I mean, if I, if I were really pressed, I could probably come up with the name of four different kinds of flowers. I mean, how many flowers do you really need? There are a half a billion different flowers on the face of the earth. Half a billion. Seems like a lot. I mean, that seems, frankly, isn't it kind of a waste? Doesn't that seem a little excessive? How many flowers do you need? And think about all the flowers that grow and blossom and wilt and die, and nobody even ever sees them. What a waste. What a waste. The word, the word is gratuitous. Gratuitous. We're talking about the beautiful story, the, the great story, the story of everything. And it begins with a beautiful God that makes a beautiful world. And this creator God is gratuitous with beauty. It it just obscenely profligate with diversity. Is excessively abundant with colors and varieties and forms and and different kind of uh, uh, different types and an endless array of generous delights. A beautiful world. We just walk through this world looking at things and just getting struck with it. You know, like, um, you know, did, did you see that one? Yeah, that's amazing. But look at this one over here. Why? Why did God make it beautiful? You might think beauty is incidental. You know, it's kind of a, like it doesn't need to be pretty, it needs to be useful. It doesn't need to be all ornate, it needs to do its job. It's actually kind of like a Colorado frontier deal in a way. It's like, look, it doesn't have to look good, it just has to get the water out of the well. Uh, But look, if you think only in terms of functionality and purpose and utility, your universe is going to be pretty small, pretty narrow. Frankly, it's going to be made out of like 90% concrete. God doesn't seem to think that way. God thinks in terms of beauty. The beautiful world made by a beautiful God. It's there to open things up. To open your heart. To lift your soul. To encourage your spirit. To make your life just a little bit bigger. A beautiful world. And ultimately it's there to help you to feel God's love, God's excessive, wasteful, profligate, abundant, generous love for you. We pick up today on day four of creation, verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. I mean, I love how that's put, right? He also made the stars, just, you know. There are 10 billion galaxies in the observable universe. 10 billion. How many how many stars does a galaxy have, Pastor Tim? Well, I googled it. There's 100 billion stars in each one of those 10 billion galaxies. 10 billion times 100 billion He also made the stars. What does it do to you when you look up at the, at the stars? What does it do to you? Does it make you feel small? It makes me feel small. It should make you feel small. But you know what else it should do? It should make you feel loved. That in the middle of all this vastness and this incredible universe this that we can't even perceive we can't even comprehend the space the, the expanse of it in all of this vastness God who created all of it he sees you he knows you he loves you so small in the middle of it all he loves you God said let there be lights sun moon and stars that becomes the basis for the calendar, the change of season, you know, counting of days and, and weeks and years and the navigation on the surface of the earth by the stars and, and the sun and, and on and on and on. Very useful, very useful. Very beautiful. People uh, sometimes deride uh, the Genesis account, right? Ah, so, so this ancient book, this ancient worldview, what do they know? It's, it's all, it's, so ignorant. You know, every time I study it, I fall out of my chair at what the Holy Spirit inspired. If you ask Moses, you know, if you just had a minute to talk to Moses, if you ask Moses, he probably believed, I'm saying hes probably, he probably believed in his that the sun kind of ran its course across the the sky like a a chariot pulled by a horse, that the moon ran its course like an arrow fired off, you know, that he probably thought that's what they were doing, and he probably thought that the stars were like pinpricks in whatever kind of big uh, covering has been put over the earth. If you were just taking a hike with Moses, Moses, what do you think this is about? That's probably what he believed, but that's not what was put down? That is not what the ink says on the paper. When the Holy Spirit inspired Moses, he didn't say any of those things. He said there's lights that we interact with in the vault of the sky. It's, ama- it's profound to me how the Holy Spirit inspires the authority of God's Word. It's profound. It's also beautiful. The lights, There's lights in the sky in the sense that we, we interact with them as light. You see, I mean, the sun's out there. We know that, but we interact with the light. And and that's what the scripture leads us into. It's profound. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so beautiful. One more point before I leave uh, verse 14 with us. It says this. It says, let them serve. God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs. Mark sacred times, days and years. Let them serve. See, we don't worship these heavenly bodies. These heavenly bodies are there to serve. Serve who? They're there to serve us. You see? See, as the, as the world is, is created, as we get to watch On on this page of Scripture, the world getting created, God is making decision after decision after decision, countless decisions, more than we could number. And every one of them, they are all made to serve us, to make this world habitable, to make it comfortable, to make it a place to house us. Scientists call it the anthropic principle. That the universe, the known universe, displays a bias toward hosting human life. And a lot of scientists don't know what to do with that. I don't have to do with that. That the universe, time and time again, displays a bias to hosting human life. I mean the, the tilt of the earth and, and its its rotation and, and its revolution around the sun and the sun itself and, and, and how the sun is consistent in its heat and its light and just everything and you could go either you can go up or you can go down into the galactic cosmos or you can go down into these tiny little microbes and biochemical processes and, and particles and quarks and however small you want to get the universe continues to display a bias to host human life see god made a place for us a beautiful god made a beautiful world for us remember last week who made this god did who did he make it for Now, it's a world filled with light, with these lights. It's a world filled with life. You get me? Light and life. You following? Light and life. And so here comes the life. Verse 20, And God said, Let the water team, I love that word, team with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teams and that moves about in it according to their kind. Every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was, What? Good. God loves what he made. God loves beauty. God loves uh, delicate uh, functionality. God loves uh, the, the 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 majestic, the big things, the great creatures. God and God loves, God loves diversity. Just look at all the animals in the world. They go on and on, all these different. It's crazy. There's a movie that came out a few years ago and absolutely flopped. Nobody watched it, but it's actually a really good movie. It's called The, the Big Year with Steve Martin, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson. These three guys, they play professional bird watchers who are are, are on a, a contest to see how many different species of birds they can log seeing in the course of one one year. The Big Year. It's a fun movie. But the... What it does to you is it just expands your kind of view. I mean, when I hear birds going by or I see a bird, in a tr- I don't know what kind of bird that is. I hear it's something you know, like a song tweeting in the tweet, and I, I don't know what that is. But each one of these birds is all different. And once you kind of look, you kind of see, like, whoa, those are, you see all the variety. I love the, the, the uh, planet Earth and these nature shows. You just see the, the variety of it all, the diversity of it all. The kind of endless uh, breadth and range, and all these little animals—they've all got, you know—they've all got their like their little trick, right? Like, how's it do that? It's got that, you know. Everything has; each animal has its purpose, its way to survive, its part in the system. And and if I I believe if we look, if we think about it, each one has something to teach us. You know, we learn, we learn from the animals. We learn from ants, you know, how they work together in community. We learn from the bees, how they store up for future need. We learn from the fish of the sea, how they, how they protect one another by coming together and finding their course through the ocean. We, and now the whales find their way back on these great peregrinations to back to their gre- gre- breeding, uh, breeding grounds and all that stuff. On and on it goes. And it's all got lessons built into it. Every animal. It's got its purpose, its place in the system. It's got its lesson to teach. Nothing without purpose. Nothing without usefulness. And all of it with some kind of beauty. Some kind of beauty. We learn not just from animals, we learn from plants too, you know? You ever learn from a plant? All these plants, all this diversity of life... And the plants, they've all got some kind of a purpose. You might not think that as you're ripping dandelions out of your lawn, but everything's got some kind of a purpose. It's a, it's a, it's a medicine, it's a food, it's a oil, it's, 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 it's something. We learn from plants. Man, some of my most deepest existential moments have been in my own backyard staring down at my poor grass. Lord, why? <laughs> we learn from plants. Just think about how, how many times Jesus used a metaphor about some kind of a, a plant or a tree. Like in Luke 13, Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed. A mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. And it grew You know, it grew and and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. What's faith? Faith is like like a mustard seed. It's very small. Maybe it's just so small. If you didn't look hard, you could miss it. If you dropped it, you'd lose it. But it might just grow. See, faith, even though it's as small as a mustard seed, Jesus is saying, you know what? It's enough. If it's in me. And maybe it'll grow and be so strong. It'll be a blessing to others. We learn from. We learn from plants. It's in that same chapter that Jesus gives us a different kind of encouragement. He told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. He went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should I use up the soil? Sir the man replied Leave it alone for one more year I'll I'll dig around it and and fertilize it and if it bears fruit next year fine if not then cut it down Sometimes we think we're all finished It's nothing more for us Can't figure out how to how to cut it I can't figure out how to grow strong. I can't figure out how to bear fruit. Maybe it maybe I'm just I'm just taking up soil, it doesn't need to be taken up. I I'm just But Jesus says, wait, it's never too late. And the Spirit of God is gonna He's going to dig around in the roots. He's going to he's going to fertilize down in the root bed of your life, and it might not be tomorrow. It might take some time for all of that to that life to come up through the roots and through the trunk and into your life and out through the branches until you until you are bearing fruit with joy. But God's going to make a change. It's never too late. See, we, we learn from plants. We learn from animals. We, the, the creation around us is there to speak to us. And God loves what He's made. God is ex- extravagant in the creation of beauty. So extravagant that it seems wasteful to us. There's these flowers that, you know, grow up and, and, and on the backside of the Himalaya, nobody ever even saw it. It grew up it blue it and it died and nobody ever... What a waste. And these birds that live and fly through and die and nobody ever, what a waste. All this beauty that just feels like a waste to us. But God is extravagant in his His use of beauty. God loves beauty. Why would he make it with such beauty? Because God loves beauty. And he wanted it that way. I like sometimes to imagine the alternatives. It helps to understand our own kind of situation where if you imagine something else, you know? Imagine if God made a world uh, or if we were in a universe with no fixed or regular qualities at all, like um like gravity. Let's say gravity changes all the time. So you wake up just to find out what's gravity doing today, you know? Gra- Man, gravity feels heavy today, doesn't it? It's going to be a rough one, you know? Yeah, it feels heavy. And I think it's leaning a little left. I mean, this, this is really going to mess some things up, you know? Or what about water? What if water was sometimes uh, penetrable, sometimes impenetrable? Or, or it, sometimes it froze at 32 degrees, sometimes it froze at 80 degrees, and you come running and jumping off the diving board, bam! <laughs> you know, I God, God made the world in, in, in a way, you know, that 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 takes care of us. I, and I love to imagine the alternative. I think it might just be me. I mean, I used to like to watch a lot of Star Trek too. So I don't know. But it's just fun to imagine different worlds. It could have been different. You know, this whole experiment of God's God's making of life, it could have just been this sterile, pallid. You know, lab room or God like growing something on a petri dish. I made life. You know. But no. God made decision after decision after decision, countless decisions, beyond measure. And every decision was made to make you and I feel at home, confident, loved by God. Now, the world that we live in, it isn't exactly as it ought to be. And we see that. We know that. We've got storms that hit. You know, this terrible storm that hit, uh, the derecho. We've got natural disasters that come. But even in all of that where we see that, oh, something's off and it's been twisted, it's been perverted, but we can still see even in that the, the divine intent of a created order to house and care for humanity. And full of beauty. God made a beautiful world. And all of this is headed somewhere. You know, next week we'll talk a little bit more about this, but this earth that God made, this beautiful world, He made it for someone. It's prepared for inhabitants, not just the, not just the squirrels and the trout and the whatever, but us. He made it as a place for us to live. The world is a staging ground and a schoolhouse, a platform for our lives, a a school for for human souls to to learn or, or to fail to learn the eternal things of God. It's a stage, a schoolhouse. Say, Pastor, you're talking about a you know we talk about a schoolhouse for souls listen i need a schoolhouse for kids you know what i'm saying i get it oh my gosh when i learned last week about the college football schedule getting trashed i thought that's it i'm throwing in the towel you win 2020 i'm out i know we need we need we need help here but listen to me listen no matter how hard no matter how strained no matter how frustrated You get. There isn't a direction. That you can cast your eye. Where you are not. Hit. In some way. Met. In some measure. By the beauty. That God created. God created a beautiful world. C.S. Lewis said in an essay called. The Weight of Glory. That this beauty is meant to. To move us. It's got a purpose. You know, we see beauty, but it's not enough just to see it. What C.S. Lewis says he says, We do not want merely to see beauty, though God knows even that is bounty enough. We want something else, which can hardly be put into words, to be united with the beauty we see to pass into it to receive it into ourselves to bathe in it to become part of it why did jesus constantly use nature why did he why did he do so much Pointing. Consider the lilies. Look at this mustard seed. Consider the grass. Look at these. Look at this. Look at that. Look over here and see. Why? Why, why, why? Because he's the word of God through whom and for whom all things were made. There isn't a single thing that was made that wasn't made through him. And he loves this creation. And he's trying to show you. Here you are. You've got a beautiful God in heaven. And he's put a beautiful world. And he's put you in it. You have a place in it consider. Look and see. And the same Jesus, you know. He knows how ugly it can get. He knows how wrong it can go. Because he's the one who entered into it and took all that ugliness on himself. All of the ugliness. All the ways that it got twisted. He took that all on himself. And when he died on the cross, listen. Jesus, 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 He became the ugliness so that you and I could become the beauty. Lord, we get so discouraged in this world. We get so tight, so dark in our narrow, our narrow little worlds. How do we fail to see the beauty it's all around us. You've made a beautiful world with every gentle breeze, with every light glinting off the mountains, with every flower you're speaking to us. Help us to hear it, Lord. Help us to hear your lessons of faith, your encouragement of hope. Help us, Lord, to know that, that you are reaching out to us and drawing us home through the beauty of Christ your son it's in his name we pray Amen Hey, once again thanks for listening if you live in the Colorado Springs area we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning to plan your visit head to our website at firstprescos.org that's F I R S T. P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.